Good afternoon. It's Greg Lois, and we're talking about appeals, but mainly about reopeners today in New Jersey workers' compensation cases. When I was coming up with the topics for today uh, and, and, and a topic that I think is important, I wanted to make sure that I covered a topic that people uh, are actually worried and concerned about. And when I talk to clients, appeals is really kind of a low percentage thing in New Jersey, not really uh, ringing a lot of bells. But when I talk to people about uh, reopeners, well, that really rings the bell. And we have a lot of issues and concerns and questions about reopeners. And I want to talk about our special strategies for reopeners and what we do with reopeners in New Jersey. So today I'm going to talk about appeals, but only very briefly. I'm going to dive a lot into uh, reopeners, how we defend reopeners, um, how, what kind of strategies you can employ to avoid reopener cases. Uh, and then I'm going to try to give you as much practical information as I possibly can uh, so that you can utilize this uh, in your New Jersey workers' comp defense cases. So let's dive in again. I'm going to spend a short time on appeals and uh, then I'm going to go right into reopeners. Just a reminder, this webinar is totally live and I am sitting here looking at a computer screen down beneath me that I can see questions pop up. So ask questions. If you ask me questions, I will answer as many of them as possible. It really does make the webinar more fun and interactive. And even if you think of questions like, ah, I don't wanna look like a dummy and ask this question, uh, believe me, there's probably somebody else sitting out there at home uh, watching this webinar who would love to know the answer to that question. So please ask it, it will help someone else. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of people that attend these webinars and then watch the recorded videos. So if you're thinking a question, you don't wanna let them ask it. Also, I will never say your full name when I'm answering your question. I'll say, okay, I got a question from Julia. I'll just use your first name and I'll answer your question. Uh, I'll never say uh, your full name. So again, you won't look silly. All right, uh, let's dive into today's topic. Let's talk quickly about what we can appeal. And again, the reason I think that I'm going to go very short today on appeals is because less than one-tenth of one percent of cases get appealed in New Jersey workers' compensation uh, 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 jurisdiction. It's just incredibly rare for that to actually happen. So uh, any final decision can be appealed. And what does final decision actually mean? It means an order from a judge, and that could be an order or a judgment. Um, and uh, generally speaking, it's going to mean one that has been litigated or disputed. If your counsel is out there consenting to all of these decisions that are coming out against you, you may have waived your right to appeal. Sometimes a judge will say, Greg, I am signing this order today. I'm signing it uh, in this motion for med and temp case, for example, and I'm going to send, I'm going to ask your, your adversary to make sure they circulate a copy of this order. I'm going to say, Judge, you can do whatever you want with the order that you're entering, uh, but I'm not signing it. I'm not consenting to it. And I've had judges actually say, well, I demand that everybody sign it, that they are aware of the order. I'll, I'll write on there. I am signing this, consenting as to form uh, and, and notice, but not consenting as to the contents of this order. So just make sure you're being very careful to preserve your right to appeal by not actually agreeing to the contents of the order or judgment or decision that you're going to intend to appeal later. So that's my number one tip. Next, um, you need to make a specific objection on the record in order to file a appellate brief in the New Jersey Superior Court. And appeals from the Division of Workers' Compensation skip over the trial court level and go directly to New Jersey's appellate division. Well, the appellate division changed its rules just a few years ago to say that every appellate brief that's filed with them needs to state in the header exactly where in the record 
the handling attorney or the trial attorney made the objection, which is now the basis of the appeal. So that's hugely important. You've got to make sure you're preserving your right to appeal by, during the trial, of raising clear objections on the record and stating the legal reason for the objection being stated on the record. Next, statistically, I'm going to tell you that appeals in New Jersey are not a great strategy uh, for uh, moving cases. And I'll explain exactly why I mean by that. First, um, appeals do not give you a stay of proceedings. Just because you're appealing a case does not mean you get an automatic stay, for example, for paying indemnity benefits, uh, paying an award, or rendering or furnishing medical treatment that was the subject of the order or decision, okay? So you're not getting a stay. That means there's really low tactical value to an appeal. The only time you should be appealing in New Jersey is when you truly are trying to change the decision, reverse the decision, and or change the law, okay? So you should be really thinking strategy when you appeal, not tactics. That's very different than other jurisdictions I practice in. Other jurisdictions I practice in, you do get an automatic stay of the issue when it's on appeal. And what that means is you might want to appeal more cases because you're going to get that tactical benefit of that stay on benefits. You don't get that in New Jersey. Now, you can ask for it. You can make a motion to say, pending the appeal, uh, you know, uh, these benefits should be suspended uh, or the medical treatment should be stayed pending the appeal. In my experience, and by the way, I've been at this for over 20 years, a, uh, that type of stay would rarely be granted by the trial judge, who, by the way, you're saying, oh, by the way, judge, I disagree with you, and I'm appealing you now, and I'm going up to big boy court, and I'm going to try to get your decision reversed. They're very unlikely to grant a stay in the trial proceeding at that level. It's just not going to happen. Okay, so statistically, I want you to be thinking, first of all, low percentage of cases get appealed. Again, less than one-tenth of one percent. Two, you're not getting a tactical advantage for appealing. And so really need to be thinking strategy and maybe be thinking, I want to change the law in this jurisdiction. And that's the reason I'm appealing. All right, let's keep going. Um, there are different types of closure types in New Jersey, and that will impact your ability to appeal. So when you do a Section 20, that's a lump sum dismissal in New Jersey. It's called an order approving settlement with dismissal. You don't have the right to appeal that. Okay, and hopefully you don't. And it also means your opposing counsel does not have the right to open up those decisions which have already been closed uh, by way of a settlement with dismissal. Next, a section 22, an order approving settlement, generally speaking, is not going to be appealable unless there's some serious fraud or misrepresentation that would have uh, put, placed you under duress or prejudiced your ability to understand what you, uh, kind of agreement or order you are entering into. Uh, judicial order, yes, you're always gonna have the right to appeal a judicial order, again, that's going to be subject to the limitation I talked about earlier, and that limitation is, and by the way, you've got to make sure you raise your clear objection on the record so that you can cite to it in the appeal. Now, the other types of things that I want to talk about is, uh, just quickly, is do you have the right to appeal in a motion for med intent? And the answer is generally yes. If the order uh, uh, affirming or uh, granting benefits to the petitioner grants medical treatment or uh, lost time benefits, wage replacement, then yes, you may have an appeal as of right. In fact, this office on, on a coverage issue uh, recently prevailed in an appeal uh, involving a motion for med intent. So just because it's a motion for med intent doesn't mean you have to wait to the end of the case to raise your legal arguments. All right, let's talk about what I think is a much more common frustration for clients and something that I talk about and coach clients through all the time, which is reopeners. First, what is a reopener? 
under the law that says uh, Section 27 of the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Act, it says that the petitioner can reopen a closed case, and again, that's a case that was closed by way of order approving settlement or judgment, where their condition has materially worsened since the time of that settlement. Okay, so they can come back in and demand to modify the previous agreement or settlement uh, and get more money or get more benefits. And they, they can do this for up to two years after the time of the last received payment. Okay, so that this reopener really expend, extends our client's exposure. And this is incredibly frustrating to clients who say, hey, Greg, uh, I resolved the case, I agreed, I settled it. And now two years after I closed the case, they're bringing in the same one again, saying that they're worse somehow, uh, and now that they want more money. And, and typically in New Jersey, uh, judges are, are a little bit resistant to closing a case by way of Section 20, which is a lump sum dismissal, which is not subject to a reopener, and more amenable to closing a case by way of Section 22, which is an order approving settlement, which is subject to a reopener. And so for those reasons, we'll see that generally speaking, the first time you close a case or you reach a settlement in a matter, it'll be re resolved by way of Section 22. Again, that's an order approving settlement. Unfortunately, that's subject to a reopener. And then the case will come back and the claimant will say, now I'm materially worsened and I demand more money. Very frustrating for our clients. So uh, how is a reopener brought before the court? Well, the petitioner has to file a formal application. And I suspect uh, that they get a little note in the mail from their attorney who represented them at the original settlement. And that note says, hi, it's been two years since your last uh, award in this case. Do you want to reopen your matter and uh, bring it back before the court? And you could get more money. Well, I think that's what stirs them uh, to bring this new formal application uh, for a reopener. The petitioner again comes in and says, hey, I'm materially worse than I was before. The, the statute requires, the case law says they have to show a material worsening, and that's an objective material worsening of their condition. Oftentimes, it's just more complaints, more complaints. Next, um, the burden of proof at this time is on the petitioner. Now, normally in a workers' compensation case, you know you're the employer, you're exposed for everything, uh, and it's you know a strict liability uh, uh, arena. But on a reopener, the burden of proof is on the petitioner. In fact, the petitioner is presumed to be as they were at the time of the last award, and they have the burden of proof to demonstrate their material worsening, that something has changed and changed for the worse. Now, discovery is allowed in these cases, and discovery is allowed that's not allowed in a normal case, which is interrogatories. You can serve them with the demand for interrogatories, which is an answer to written questions. And in this answers to written questions, the petitioner has to explain to you exactly how they got worse. The most important question on those interrogatories are, explain to me and list out and describe all of the new medical treatment you've obtained since the last award relating to this alleged material worsening. So they have to explain, hey, I'm not just saying my back hurts worse, but I'm gonna show it to you because here's all the new medical treatment I received, here's the new surgeries and the, the procedures and the injections. 99% of the time, my experience, there has been no new medical treatment, right? Because we closed our workers' comp case, we're not authorizing any more care, they're either back to work or they're you know, back to living on their, uh, their, their shore house or whatever they're up to, they're not getting any more medical care. And the only thing that reason that they were back here in workers' comp court is because their attorney sent them that little note in the mail saying, hey, isn't it time for your next award, right? So generally speaking, when I look at these interrogatory responses, there is no interim medical treatment. And that to me says, okay, this is a case that we should win and defend on, okay? Now let's talk about how we do that. So reopeners are typically 
resolved uh, after both sides get new independent medical examinations, okay? And, and these are gonna be just expert reports that are gonna say, ours are gonna say, of course, they're exactly the same as they were before. And their doctor's gonna say, oh, I can't believe how totally disabled they are. I can't believe they could even get up in the morning and get into my office. It's a miracle, right? Uh, that's, that's where these two reports are gonna lie. Next, the, sometimes the petitioner will say, you know what, to improve my reopener case, I'm gonna go try to get some more or new medical care. Generally speaking, we're gonna dispute that and say, you don't need any new or more medical care. We don't need any more diagnostic tests. You're fine, knock it off, okay? Next. Um, we, of course, have the right to assert our demand for discovery to be responded to and to do trial proceedings. And generally speaking, that's uh, how we're going to prevail in these cases by saying, wait a second, prove it, put you to your proofs. Let me see you prove that you have these alleged conditions that you claim to have. 99% of reopeners, maybe even higher, I mean, it might be 99.9% .9 of reopeners are going to resolve by way of Section 20 lump sum dismissal. And I'm going to tell you, because this is the chief question I get from clients, and they'll say to me, hey, Greg, this other law firm I'm talking to you says, hey, that they could reopen a case four times or three times. No, something went drastically wrong there. It's extraordinarily rare for a case to be reopened more than once. So generally speaking, you resolve the underlying workers' compensation case. A couple of years go by. They file their reopener application. They bring it before the court. Both sides take adversarial positions. And generally speaking, you should be steering, directing, and guiding that case to a lump sum Section 20 settlement. Okay, that's your goal. Okay, how do we do that? The first step actually begins back at the prior case settlement, right? And here's what happens in a typical New Jersey workers' compensation case. Uh, the person has sustained an injury, let's say an arm fracture. They got medical care. They've returned to work. It's now time for their award. The parties. Um, you know, each get independent experts, but they decide to settle the case for 20% of the statutory arm. Okay, that's 60-something weeks of compensation. And in order, approving that settlement is entered pursuant to Section 22 of the statute. When that order is entered, the petitioner is required to testify. When the, uh, the parties testify, uh, the, that is our opportunity to get the claimant to repeat all of the complaints that they gave to their independent medical examiner. Because remember, they went to their own independent medical examiner and said, oh, I can barely move my arm, I can barely lift anything, I can't even hold a glass of milk in my hand, I'm so weak nowadays, right? So when we get the petitioner on the stand, I want them to confirm all the claims they made to their independent medical examiner, who, by the way, isn't that independent. It's their hired gun, it's their hired expert. So I want to elicit testimony, I want to say things like, when you saw your expert, you told them that you could barely use your left arm. Isn't that true? Yes, it's true. Didn't you tell them that you could barely lift a gallon of milk? Yes, it's true. And you told them you even had trouble holding a glass of milk in your hand. Yes, that's true. You want them to repeat these on the record. You really want to expand on and make sure that you capture all of their complaints. Now, the reason you're doing that is because your case is settled. You've already agreed to sell the case for 20% of the statutory arm but you wanna create a good transcript and a good record of all of those complaints so that when they come back before the court years later and say, now I'm worse, you could say, how could you be worse than you can't even hold a glass of milk? How could you be worse than you can't even use, lift the arm or, or rotate or put on a seatbelt or do any of the things that you told your independent expert that you can't do anymore, right? So you're using that transcript as armor to protect you from this new case that they're now bringing against you. So that, that first step is that tactic, that protective testimony needs to be taken at the time the original settlement is resolved. That's tactic one. Tactic two, discovery and litigate. And I already told you that 
in a reopener case, you're actually allowed to get more discovery than you're allowed to get in a typical workers' compensation case. And that's it, you're allowed to get uh, interrogatory responses. Look into that. If they're not long, no longer working for you and they're working for someone else, I would look into their current work status. You don't work for me, you work for somebody else, you just reveal that to me in your interrogatory responses, I'm gonna go find out what kind of work you do for them. I might get surveillance on you at this new job and try to figure out exactly what kind of activities you're able to do. And I'm gonna see if it contradicts what you told your IME. So you can go forward and rely on your burden. So you know what, it's up to them. They've gotta prove that their condition has materially worsened. And I'm gonna present trial proofs that's gonna say the opposite of that. So you have the opportunity to litigate these cases. And for sometimes it's important. It's extremely important, by the way, when it's the same employer. If it's the same employer, you've got great access to them, they're still your client, you should be getting great information about what their current job duties are, what they're doing in the work. And I wanna hear things like they returned to us full-time, full duty, they're doing the same job, they're asking for overtime, they're doing the job without a helper, they're doing it in unrestricted fashion. That's the stuff I wanna hear from the employer because I wanna bring that out on the record and show the court that this is a meaningless case. And then ultimately, likely, settle it for a very small lump sum dismissal. All right. Third tactic, and you know this is something you can try, it's a little harder to do, where you have an admitted compensable admitted accident. Uh, and you are gonna say to the judge, hey judge, when we resolve this admitted accepted claim, we don't wanna do an order approving settlement because that's subject to reopener. I wanna do a section 20 because a section 20 cannot be reopened. And the judge might come back to you and say, wait a second, I don't like to do section 20s the first time. This person could need surgery in the future. They could get worse. There could be more problems in the future. I don't really feel comfortable approving that. Say, so, okay, judge, I get it. But what if we put the value of the next reopener into the next, uh, in, into this case, okay? Or we say, look, there might be more medical need for medical treatment in the future. Let's pay that up front. Let's pay that right now, okay? So in this, in this circumstances, you might tell the judge, look, they could have future temporary disability if they got surgery. They might need another surgery in the future, or they might worsen. We all know, Judge, when that happens, it's only gonna be worth an additional, let's say $10,000 for a couple of visits of physical therapy, or maybe one more injection, and then maybe some additional permanent residual disability. Why don't we just put all that into this case, Judge, pay them that now up front by way of a lump sum dismissal, and not have to worry about the reopener in the future, okay? So you can point the judge to the opportunity that we can do this, and you can also argue that, hey, the law allows us to do this. Uh, but in this case, I, you know, this is something that's gonna be very judged by judge. Most judges, most jurisdictions, most venues in New Jersey are not gonna allow you to pay it up front and do one larger lump sum dismissal now uh, in, in lieu of paying money later. Okay, so those are our three tactics, and those are our uh, three different ways you might wanna approach uh, a uh, closed, case so that it doesn't turn into reopener or at the time of settlement of your case, you can anticipate, hey, this is the type of case that might come back for a reopener. So let's uh, kind of resolve it now or deal with it now or prepare for that, protect ourselves, put some armor around our case so when they do bring the reopener, we're in a better position, okay? So those are some of the things that uh, we would recommend doing in that reopener scenario. All right, I promised you that this was a live question and answer scenario. This is a live webinar. I'm gonna come over here and open up my questions panel and see if we have any questions. Okay, so far none. Quick, do you have any questions? Type them in so that I can answer them. I get so many questions about reopeners and so much frustration about it. So that's why I thought today this would be a good topic and we'd probably get some good questions. And Conversely, I get very few questions about appeals. Appeals are quite straightforward in New Jersey, not costly either because you do have a small filing fee of a couple hundred dollars, but in general, 
Uh, there aren't like binding costs or printing costs. It's a relatively straightforward approach to appeals in New Jersey. Um, reopeners, unfortunately, something like 20% of cases end up getting reopened. And that's it's a huge proportion of cases that are currently pending the decision in the division. Most reopeners should be resolved by way of Section 20 immediately. Uh, and if you can avoid doing that by maybe um, being prophylactic at the time of set prior settlement or putting a little more money into the current Section 20 scenario, uh, you might be able to resolve them without even having to face the reopener. All right, I don't see any questions popping up, so I guess this is a pretty good. Oh, here we go. Michael asked a question. All right, Greg, if you have an active order approving settlement, and if there is an ongoing permanency award paying for 150 weeks, is the claimant allowed to treat in the interim? Okay, so generally speaking, the answer is yes. When you're under a judgment or an order, you've agreed, I'm accepting and establishing these body parts and these injuries. Uh, generally speaking, the case is still open, meaning you have potential future medical liability. However, in your case, Michael, you've already reached permanency, right? You've told me, Greg, I'm paying out 150 weeks through 2023. So you've either agreed to uh, 150 weeks is, uh, you know, about 25% uh, of partial total. You know, you've either agreed to that settlement or you're paying out a schedule of loss of use, whichever it may be, but you've reached settlement, meaning you reached permanency. So generally speaking, we would not, and I do not recommend you would treat, uh, uh, authorize or provide any further treatment after you've already reached permanent residual disability or maximum medical improvement. That's where you are in your case. So generally speaking, I would say you absolutely not. Do not authorize any more medical care. And in fact, if they are asking you for medical care, take a hard look at it and say, is this the kind of thing, uh, is this a good decision point? Can I get this person, this claimant, maybe to file a reopener right now so that we can move and position this case for a Section 20 lump sum dismissal? You know, you might want to flip this on its head and say, hey, this might not be future exposure, but this might be a current opportunity for us to close the case by way of Section 20 with finality. So you don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. But generally speaking, once you've reached the order approving settlement stage, you're post MMI, you are at permanency, you've reached a settlement, we should not be approving further medical care. And I also wanna give you a warning. If you do start providing additional medical care, you might be creating A, additional exposure, because more medical care is gonna give them the basis to argue for that reopener. They're gonna say, look, after I got received my award, while I was still getting my compensation payments, then I had to go get more medical care. Look at me, Judge, I'm worse, right? You're helping them build that reopener case, which you don't want to do. Generally speaking, when, a, when this happens in, with my cases, I would tell my client, do not send them to another doctor. Don't authorize a treating physician. Send them back to your IME doctor, the one who provided the IME report uh, that was the basis for you settling or resolving the case. The IME doctor is likely to say, hey, they're fine, ready for the Olympics. They don't need any more treatment. And that will give you that opportunity right there to start talking to them about that Section 20 lump sum dismissal. Let's call it a reopener. Let's close the case. So that's that's a uh, out of the box sort of creative way that you could maybe turn this to your advantage. Um, Michael, thank you for that question. That's the only one I got. Um, thank you everybody for attending. Uh, next month we're going to be talking about this uh, second injury fund and how that can help you reduce closure, uh, reduce exposure. Excuse me, in your total cases. Those are your most uh, costly cases, okay? So looking forward to talking about that with you then. In the meantime, if you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out to me. Bye, everybody. Great seeing you. Bye.